Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello everyone, this is Patrick and you're listening to the Fierce Club episode number 12. Do you have the pig flu? And before we get into the show, I just want to apologize for the subpar quality of the first half of the show. We had background noise that I wasn't able to suppress, so I'm sorry for that. That being said, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fides Club, the show where we get people from around the world to talk about uh, what has been happening around the world, which makes sense if you think about it, and even if you don't. Today we have two wonderful guests, and a third one hopefully will be joining us because he forgot. Okay, let's not get uh, too angry right away because I will have a, a chance to get angry at him when he actually join us, joins us, hopefully. But the ones who are here are Roger, uh, the co-host from East Meets West and uh, other things. How are, do, how are you doing, Roger? I am good. It's a lovely Saturday morning here in overcasty San Francisco. Oh, is it overcast for you too? That sucks. It's San Francisco. It's overcast 80% of the year. <laughs> I thought it was like West Coast and, and sunny California. and It is down south. Oh. So you didn't choose the right city to live in, I guess. I chose the perfect city to live in. <laughs> so you like, see, it's, I guess people in the chat room, hey chat room, um, they can see how, how uh, gray it is here in Paris. Look at this. I have my webcam on me and on the city outside. It's actually too white because it's burned out. Anyway, never mind. The weather sucks. What's new? Uh, Mohammed is also here from Qatar. How are you doing, Mohammed? I'm doing very good right now. You know, every time I get you on the show, you sound like so enthusiastic. It's it's energizing. You're you're always like, <laughs> hey, I'm okay. It's it's <laughs> wonderful. I don't know. It's just I kind of sound weird when I'm kind of hyper, I guess. Okay. Um, so Mohammed has been on the show before, as you well know, and uh, Roger hasn't been on the show before, but uh, Tom Merritt from East Meets West has been, so uh, I don't know what relevancy that has, but I felt like saying it. So usually what we do is that <laughs> yeah I know we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, topics, maybe two or three in the international section, but this month, a, a lot more things happened, and I felt like there wasn't one overarching, uh, overbearing um, story that would be so important that it would overshadow the other ones. So I figured we could do um, a bunch of them and uh, maybe spend a little bit less time talking about them. So we'll see how it works, but that's the goal. And uh, I guess we can just dive into it uh, straight away. Um, the, the first story I wanted to talk about, which we heard a lot uh, about 
here in Paris was the whole uh, UN uh, race, uh, racism convention or anti-racism convention rather but i feel like maybe we should wait for turkey to join us because hopefully he will be here um because i'd like to have his take on this so maybe we can start with another thing that has international un g20 uh ramifications which is the stories of uh, police violence at the g20 summit from last month um We heard a lot about this here in France with the, um, with the twist of police is violent in the, these events, but it was mostly well handled. I mean, okay, that sounded really bad. There, is, there are some cases of police violence in these events, but, but most of the, uh, the event was well handled. And some extremists were, uh, did cause some problems on one side. And on the other side, there were a couple of cops who did something, uh, uh, who mishandled um, situations. And it was sort of surprising to me that it did come back to light now because the, the things have been over for forever, for a few weeks at least. Wow, Ooh, what's happening here? Mohammed? Yes, sorry about that. I just <laughs> fell. Hey, hey you, you're making noise, so you get to uh, talk about this first. Um, <laughs> did, I'm sorry did, about that. Did you, did, you, um, did you hear about this in Qatar? Because it feels like Qatar is so far away that you wouldn't even care about like police violence a few weeks after the fact. Actually, um, we do kind of care. If you remember, we have Al Jazeera here. And in our house, Al Jazeera is on like almost 24-7. So I get to hear a lot of the news. And... In my opinion, it's just kind of weird what happens over there. I mean, with all these protesters and getting into all of these fights with the police, do they think that everyone inside the building is going to go, oh, okay, protesters are protesting, let's just stop this right now. No, all you're going to do is just get into trouble with the police. So and they should stop being very violent towards the police because then the police gets irritated and they have to... Retaliate. Well, I have. To, I feel we should maybe uh, specify the fact that uh, most uh, there were three specific cases of police violence where the the protesters were um, well, the people who were injured weren't even really um, uh, part of the extremist Protests. groups. Yeah, um, you, you heard, uh, Roger. You heard about that guy who was uh, who had a heart attack. He, yeah, he was uh, assaulted by one of the um, riot uh, police in the front. And, I mean, it, it's an interesting issue. I mean, you know, on one hand, you know, you know, why do protesters protest when it's not going to do anything immediately? But I think the side effect is to kind of build a public awareness about um, that those particular issues. Uh You know, while it might, while again, it might not directly influence the people inside. If you can gather enough attention and bring these issues up, say, you know, if no one was there, if no one was protesting, people, well, G20, they're meeting, you know, hunky dory. Nothing, uh, there's nothing, you know, uh, happening there that affects anyone in the world in a negative way. But when you have protesters there, I think it kind of brings the the issues. Um, into a light where the public says yeah you know i can see their point or no i can't see their point but it brings it uh, brings up the awareness in general so people are aware that there are people out there other people out there who don't agree 
um, or believe that the G20 is somehow undermining, uh, um, you know, either, you know, political processes overseas or perhaps undermining the, the needs of, uh, of the lower classes uh, or perhaps just even, you know, just people in general at the at the uh, at the behest of either governments, large corporations, you know, pick your big uh, boogeyman um, <laughs> and fill it in. The thing with the protester directly, though, and what was such a big deal was, one, he wasn't part of, I believe he wasn't part of the protest. Two, um, the uh, the officer involved actually attacked him uh, without any, without provocation. In other words, he just directly went up to him and beat him with the baton. And the yeah, third the, one... The guy, was just, the guy was just walking around and he wouldn't move fast enough when the police told him, you know, get away from here. So he just attacked him, like really attack, attacked him. And third and most disturbing for a lot of uh, the news commentators and people who, who read about the story was that, you know, typically, at least in Britain, I know in the U.S. they do, uh, police officers have a, a, an ID number with their badge. So you can say, well, blah, 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 officer, this is his number, did this to me. So you have some way of identifying them. Um, they, all those, like a good section of those uh, officers in front actually had those covered up. Really? So they had no, they had no identification. So that covered was like the up big, as in as in you mean um, they had an, a badge or an ID number or something and they actually actively covered it up so as not to yes, be identified. I think that 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 was I believe the the one of the big uh, outrages was, you know, it's like you know if you have a name tag and then you suddenly cover it up because you don't want people to know who you are where you're doing your you know whatever beat down. Um, so yeah. those I think it was those three things that kind of yeah. kind of. Uh, made it such an outrage uh for uh for certain uh, um uh for actually for a lot of people in britain you know you have what some people see is a heavy hand of the state uh two is kind of you know the law enforcement gone awry and three you know by covering up they're just not taking they're not being responsible anymore they're not being of you course. know the whoop, i'm sorry uh, no i said of course i mean they're not being uh, uh um uh ah they can't be uh, held accountable exactly happens, so yeah. you know all those i don't think one of those things if it was an individual officer would have been as uh, uh, contentious but all three of them and then with a group of officers and then with the death of of a, of a person i mean all those things together i think builds this you know big bubble of uh, um of uh, anger and uh, resentment so there wasn't uh, in the us at least there wasn't the feeling of uh, uh, you know these these uh, tree huggers, anti-capitalism uh, protesters are ruining the party, and the you know so whatever the police does is is maybe not okay, but eh, never mind. I mean, there was outrage in the U.S. too at, at this. Um, there was there were some. It was just more of the the thing is. Uh, you know, there, there was talk about it, but as as we all know in the U.S., U.S. news tends to overshadow a lot of the international, yeah. you know, especially with the the recent uh, memos being released uh, by the Obama administration, uh, Obama administration, um, Obak, Barack. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, I've I've turned his name into a into one. O Obak ba uh, Barama, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so I told you it was early. Um, <laughs> But okay. yeah, there well, were there, there was some. It was one of those things where it was out for for you know a couple of days and then it got buried under you know other yeah. news. Um, but sure. I mean, just 
just reading, you know, on the BBC and the in the Times and, and the Telegraph, you know, there was a. Pal- I, I, I can't really say what the French or the German viewpoint on on that particular piece of news was, but in Britain it seemed to be a very uh, uh, a very contentious uh, story for a lot of people. Well, yeah, we did hear about it quite a bit, and also the fact that we tend to err on the side of the protesters uh, a lot of times uh, maybe gave it a little bit more uh, strength in the country. Um, I really wish Turkey was here for the next topic, but you were talking about something that did a lot of noise in the U.S., uh, Roger, and I was wondering if you heard uh, a lot about this um, issue there was in um, in Pakistan and, well, Afghanistan uh, with the Taliban's um, actually getting closer to Islamabad uh, and having to negotiate with the government their retreat. And the thing is, there's been a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, talks from the Obama uh, campaign saying that the, the U.S. went into Iraq and took their eye off the ball of uh, of uh, Afghanistan, and the uh, I'm sorry, and the um, Taliban's could prosper again. So this sound, seems to me like it would be, in an ironic kind of way, a justification of what he was saying. I, I'm curious to know, because here it was reported as pretty, a, a pretty big issue because, you know, they are nuclear states. So it, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's been making the, it's made, making the round tables, you know, the, the pundit tables. And um, in, in my opinion, it, it is kind of, Proof positive of, of kind of the the, the poor planning and the strategic um, you know planning that the the previous administration did, but it also I think highlights the the issue that you know you really can't talk about Afghanistan without talking about the neighboring countries. Chief among these, Pakistan, because um, Pakistan through the intelligence services provided a great deal of the support and kind of the. Uh, the organization behind what we now know today as the Taliban. And, you know, it it also points to the relative, you know, weakness that Pakistan does have in trying to kind of stem that particular influence and even, even in their own country. Um, and as all things, you know, especially when you have India on one side, also a nuclear power, um, you know, uh, Iran yeah. and, you know, but you have all these conflicting interests and you know it's really hard to it's really hard to identify you know what will happen or what will be the fallout if things continue to worsen um in pakistan you know you know outside of afghanistan will that mean that india you know begins to take uh, a more proactive approach in 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 its border with you know pakistan will that mean that iran will need to also take a more proactive role Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that has a lot of problems and there's really no easy, Mm. uh, solution to it. And it's, I honestly, I don't really know what you can do um, at this point. Did did you get, did you get a feel of, uh, the, the, the media reporting it as a justification of, uh, Obama's, because I know he's been getting a lot of flack for refocusing on Afghanistan. 
and you know, people are say, were saying it feel, felt to me at least like people were saying, well, he said that he was going to end the war, and now he's sending more more people in Afghanistan. So. It's... I think it's one of those things that takes time to filter in mm. because I think there's still a, a good, you know, a section of the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Um, U.S. population that does want to remove all uh, military um, uh, activities currently, you know, and bring them, uh, basically bring the troops home because, you know, yeah, it's a problem, but we don't need to be in it. And, you know, just mm. leave them to their own devices. And if they blow themselves up, they blow themselves up, you know, kind of. Um, you know, us first and, and them later. Other mm. people do it strictly on the, or protesting strictly on the whole, you know, it's, we shouldn't be in any military conflict whatsoever. Mm. You know, there is no just war. Um, so I think, you know, it's funny because initially when Barack was talking about Afghanistan, a lot of, you know, a lot of his people, or at least in the Democratic Party, were supportive. Uh, but now you're hearing some, you know, calls to remove even, you know, that emphasis in Afghanistan away. Um, I think, oh, I, you know, I really can't tell if, you know, this is going to, these recent events are going to change, you know, th those, those particular people's viewpoints 180. But I, you know, I would say that it would influence their opinions because yeah. you know in the end barack is above all uh, you know a very pragmatic person and i think he still wields a lot of clout not just in his party but uh, influence over the uh, the general you know opinion of of matter so you know if he can articulate you know the reasons why we're there i think you know not all but i think you know a majority of americans would probably support him yeah what what's the view from the arab world uh, mohammed About uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan? Well, about the Taliban's mostly uh, regaining strength. It's hard to say for the whole Arab League, but um, to see... Personally, I think that uh, the U.S. has been taking too much focus onto Iraq. And they sort of let Afghanistan, you know, just recover. And then the Taliban just started, you know, retaking their grounds. And they should have been paying more attention to it, But if I have did, to say that. Did the, um, did, did the media and maybe the people uh, around you comment on these, on these uh, Taliban issues that have been happening last week? And, you know, is, is, is it, in other words, are the Taliban's a concern or is it just, you know... Whatever they're here, someone else's really problem. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, over in Qatar. I, I feel like it's been. Um, uh, it's all the way over there, somewhere in Afghanistan. Like it, mm. it won't come here. So they sort of give it less attention, if I have to say that. But um, yeah, that's just sort of the feel towards it. So let me ask you another question then. How do you feel about maybe not you, but you know, in Qatar in general, which is a pretty modern uh, Arab country? How do you feel about the Taliban's in general? Because they are very, you know, I don't want to use too many deri uh, derogatory uh, terms. Derogatory. Yes, that's it. <laughs> What Roger said. Uh, pejoratives. No terms. pejoratives. <laughs> But yeah, the, they 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 uh, they are pretty harsh, uh, pretty um, harsh. Mm, they have pretty harsh laws. Let, let's put it like that. Um, And they are, of course, associated with the most radical Islamic views. So, you know, it, you, you, you could get a feel like it's Islam, so you're all friends, some people might think. 
Yes. Because Christian nations have never fought each other before. Yeah, never. It's never happened. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the general view about, about Taliban's good guys, bad guys, we don't care. It's, I can see it as more of a neutral, but as Qatar goes into the more um, moderate section of the world, we sort of feel like, um, like okay, come on, it's, uh, you can be Islam, but like, you know, just, actually, wait, I got this wrong. What I meant to say was that as Qatar goes into more moderate, we look at uh, Taliban and say, we still feel the same, like it's over there. It won't mm. come here, so we give it. Okay, that's your country. You do it with what you want to do. So it's, yeah, it's very foreign to you, I guess. Yeah, it's their country, their laws, but it, just keep it where you are. Okay. Um, another thing that's been discussed uh, quite a bit today, actually. Maybe I should have uh, opened with this, but I felt like it might be a, li a little bit too fresh, even was these, this uh, issue of the swine flu in Mexico. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I woke up today, and all, over, all of a sudden, it was the end of the world by swine flu. Um, Actually, I didn't hear about this. You didn't? Okay. So, no. well, see, that was sort of something I was looking forward to talk to you guys about. When, when I say you guys, it was you and Turkey. Because obviously swine might not be your biggest, uh, uh, you know, problem. Um, and that's something that you guys have in common with uh, Israel. So uh, Israel and, and, uh, and, uh, and the Muslims united by not eating pork and not getting the flu in the news, I guess. Roger, have you... Yeah, Although, I'm sorry. Uh, Actually, pork actually is sold in Israel, although much to the chagrin of um, the more orthodox uh, Jews. And I, not, I don't think all Israelis are Jewish, even though they're my, like, active, um, uh, uh, actively follow the Jewish faith. But um, so, it's kind of so weird. you mean to say that there might be a, a problem of, uh, of uh, swine flu in Israel also that might happen? I think the problem would probably more stem from any people coming back from that region who might be carrying that virus because they contracted it while they were there. Like, say they were out in Mexico, you know, on vacation. And, you know, just, you know, just because you're in close contact with so many people, especially at airports or a large city like Mexico City is huge. Um, a lot of people, you're invariably going to either touch something or someone's going to sneeze on you, which is really gross. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to transmit it that way. It's... The flu, flus like this, like the avian flu, like the SARS virus, especially because it's so close, especially to the U.S., it's like south of the border, um, there is, you know, this kind of nagging fear that it's just, you know, a time bomb waiting to, you know, waiting to go off. And then you're going to have this literally this fire that just fans out, you know, over the course of a month, three months, a year, where people are just going to be knocked down. And unlike other, you know, um, uh, illnesses, these, this, you know, particular flu is striking down people and their, you know, people who should be the healthiest, and most resilient uh, to getting. You mean you the know, swine flu is, is yeah, the swine flu. Like it's it's affecting pe It's the people. I think that it's affected. Besides children, the elderly. I mean, a majority of them are like anywhere from their mid twenties to their early forties. They're healthy people. 
You know, you know, typically when you hear about people being struck down by illness, they're, they're very young, they're very old, or they already have a precondition, some sort of illness that they're already suffering from. Um, but it's taken down, you know, very healthy people, and people are worried. It's like, you know, you can't stop it. It's going to mutate. It's going to, yeah. uh, it's going to go from well, one that, person that to was another. The fear, that was the fear with the avian flu. Yeah, and um, you know, e the avian flu will. At least in North America, the SARS virus out in Toronto, that was like a huge one. You know, people were all, you know, people were, you know, generally, you know, terrified that something would, you know, yeah. would break out and then infect a, a good chunk of, of the continent's population. Um, the WHO put a restriction on travel to Toronto. Um, the who, a lot of the, as in the, 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 the world. No, the World Health Organization. Okay. <laughs> Although it'd be kind of cool if uh, one of the Who members came out, so you can't go to can't go to Toronto. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty big uh, here in, in France too. And today we heard about this uh, swine flu from the you know the the, the early morning, and it's uh, it's almost like Mexico is in quarantine now. Like you can't go in or out, and they are getting the hazmat suits out pretty soon. Um, so Turkey. You know, I'm sorry, Mohammed. Resident Evil. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> kind of like. Well, it's funny if you look at it, in Mexico City. The uh, I think they've uh, stopped all schools. Like they, you know, no one go. Uh, you know, uh, schools have been shut down. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Uh, I think the the military has been handing out those um, filter masks to the public. Um, and right now, because there's so little known about it in terms of you know what you can do. Um, You know, there's this yeah. kind of general feeling of, you know, like, what's next? What, what, people are waiting for the other shoe to drop, yeah. I think. Uh, And, oh, go ahead. No, please continue. I mean, I, I, you, the, the things you uh, heard about it is especially interesting because it's just at the border, so. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's you know, they found eight cases in the U.S. already. Uh, one of them, you know, I think in most of them that they passed through okay, but I think the the nagging fear is we we found eight, but what about the other people that have it that we haven't found about or found <laughs> out about, you know? And so, are um, you starting to see uh, headlines like, "Do you have the swine flu?" Well, see, that's the thing, and that's the other thing. People they don't want to get, you know, at least the health officials and, and administration officials do not want to start a panic because if you do, everyone who has a cough or has like a fever is going to start running to the hospital and then you're just going to clog up the system um, with unnecessary. It's like you got, you know, you got a fever. You're not, you don't have the, the pig flu. Um, but it's one of those things that you, you know, especially considering how porous the, the U S Mexico border is. Yeah. And even in uh, Canada, I mean, there's a big concern because a lot of Canadians travel to Mexico for, for vacation. And, you know, they're, You know, there's there's that you know because they Canada was the country that went through the SARS um, the most yeah uh, the most in North America you know I think they're particularly uh, um, sensitive about making sure that you don't have something like that again because even even if it doesn't affect you you know by striking down people just having that kind of that pall that cloud over the fact you know over your country oh it's infected you don't want to go there you know you drop in tourism. Uh, Yeah, in oh yeah, it is definitely even even if it's not a huge health disaster, it's still. I mean, Mexico must it's be. It's a PR a, disaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Turkey! Turkey has joined us. Joined us since he's been very quiet for the past five minutes. How are you doing, Turkey? Hi, Patrick. <laughs> oh, I'm are you tired? 
Is that your sorry voice? I'm sorry. And plus, people here are a bunch of a-holes when it comes to driving. God. They have no idea what traffic laws are or courtesy or anything. So, but do they have any idea of what the swine flu is? Have you been hearing about that? I mean, we were just talking with uh, with Mohammed here um, about the fact we don't that... Have... We're happy. We don't have any pigs here, so you yeah, can enjoy that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. All you Actually, want. Um, since we have uh, some U.S. population here, they also import some of the swine in some select shops for them to shop in. Oh, so I guess <laughs> is but that going like to be restricted? To date, so we've been having... Like, it's deep-freezed pork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... so. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess uh, my question would be: do, do you are you even hearing about the swine flu, or is that again something that people don't care about because eh, we don't eat pork, we were clever already. <laughs> no, this is this is a popular topic, flu. So it's it's all over the news everywhere here. Okay. Um, okay, let's move on from we've spent too much time on the pigs um, I was waiting for you, Turkey You sound a little bit uh, low on the volume If you can turn it up a little bit, Turkey, it would be good Just give me a second um, I was waiting for you to talk about what happened at the Durban 2 conference About uh, racism with uh, Ahmadine, uh, oof, Ahmadinejad's comments Which didn't go so well at the conference. So, Turkey, could you? since you're late, I'm going to make you take that one and tell us about what happened and then uh, how it was reported on in, in uh, Saudi Arabia. Well, basically, it's uh, this whole thing about, uh, what do you call it, racism conference, which apparently everybody's making a big deal about Ahmadinejad saying some stuff they didn't enjoy hearing about Israel and Jews and stuff like that. And, and to be honest, it's a bunch of bullshit because who cares? Because the U.S. and Israel refused to attend the conference, period, because they're refusing to accept that calling Israel a racist country after what's doing to the Palestinians. So... Apparently, there's a double standard going in this conference. Uh, can you can you explain the double standard further? I'm not sure everyone got it. Well, the double standard is the U.S. and Israel have refused to attend the conference. They accuse the conference of being racist because it's accusing Israel of being racist. And now they're complaining because Ahmadinejad is being racist. You should attend the conference, then complain. If you're not attending the conference, you have no right to complain about it. Uh, to be fair, though, the U.S. and Israel are not the only ones who complained about it. I mean, uh, the whole U.N. delegation left. Uh, to be spe uh, specific, what Ahmadinejad said was that uh, the West made uh, an entire nation homeless under the pretext of Jewish suffering in order to establish a totally racist government in occupied Palestine. Uh, Which that's is what they exactly said. true. Well, that's your opinion, but... Uh, no, that's it's not what... my opinion. Come on, give me your opinion. Exactly. How is it not true? Just just explain to me how is it not true. If you can well, tell me that, I don't, I, I, don't want, I don't want to get too much into opinion, but saying that, uh, the, uh, that Israel is a totally racist government is a little bit simplifying things. Uh, not just a little bit. But, uh, you know, that's my opinion. I think we, we, we might not share opinions on that one. 
Um, but I guess look, 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 look. Any any country, and I'm, I'm I'm including even Saudi Arabia. If a country is based on a religion, it's a racist country. I don't care what country it is, because well, it's always going to treat people who, who are following a specific religion differently well, from then, the other. Then I think you you touched on a very interesting point. I mean, the complaints. I mean, you you you, you are correct that the U.S. Um, uh, on Israel and the U.S., but a lot of the other countries is like, why did you single out Israel and not include a bunch of other countries in your declaration of what you know racist countries are? If you only select one country out of the hundred now, wait, plus, yeah, but but Israel and the U.S. did not ask to add any more countries. They only asked for Israel to be removed. So it doesn't work like that. If they had a problem with it that they think there's other countries that were not in the list that are racist, they should have asked them to be added. But nobody asked them to be added. They only because, demanded Israel to be pulled off the list. Well, they were asked, they wanted because they were, it was singled out. It's like, well, okay, then I'm going to include this country, this country, this country, um, because we, in our opinions, those are racist countries. Maybe they take in the point of view that maybe we should look at it not from such a black and white perspective, but use a more nuanced view, and therefore, instead of just kind of labeling countries. I mean, look, are you going to attend a conference if someone says you're racist and the country is, and the, and the whole entire conference is designed around anti-racism? You're a racist country, you know, you, but you should come so anyway. What, why Even, didn't the U.S. come? Uh, because they're very they're good friends They're just giving me an excuse for Israel not attending. Um, maybe because... you know what, hey, Turkey. Maybe if I if I went to a conference that said Turkey is a son of a bitch, maybe I would want to. I wouldn't want to go to that conference. And I because you're go. my friend, you, I would you go. <laughs> now well, you're just that, well. That's very big. <laughs> no, I'm, but, serious. Uh, I'm serious. I am I serious go. too. You're why, why, you're why would I sit and let them say that and sit on the sidelines? I won't go because they're saying that. I would go there. I would defend myself. I would prove them wrong. I wouldn't sit yes. on the sidelines and say, you know what? If you're going to accuse me, I'm not going to be there. Roger, um, keep going. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying, like, well, hey, that's, that's, that's great on you. A lot of people don't want to be put in a situation where you're, the, you're maybe one of two and everyone's pointing fingers at you without being the least bit constructive, I think. Um, I, think you're, I think you're kind of exaggerating somewhat the fact that it was it, the conference was as... Um, or could have been as open-ended as it was, or it wasn't. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I do believe that you know conferences like that tend to be more politicized than they should be. In fact, I think they tend to be over-politicized. I think uh, venues like that should not have any national character whatsoever. It's just people who attend the, uh, the you know the anti-racism conference without having uh, a state or a country attached to you. Well, if that's that makes diff sense. Difficult to do. It um, is. It is very difficult to do. But I think you know you when, invariably when you bring in your country, you bring in your region, you bring in your city, state, whatever, you're going to politicize it in some respect or another. Sure. You know the Olympics are the same way. Olympics is heavily politicized, right? Remember the whole thing with the. Uh, uh, Canadian and um, Russian pair, uh, figure skaters, you know, the whole thing between the uh, French judge, sorry to pick on your country, uh, Patrick, uh, and the fact that there was this kind of behind-the-scenes brokering uh, between countries to get, you know, one country more gold if the other country would vote for, you know, their athletes in a different, you know, event and giving gold. You're always going to have these politics behind it, and I think 
ultimately it's one of those things that needs to be removed if any of these things conferences you know uh, associations groups or whatever are going to be successful um, Sim user in the chat room is saying that uh, he agrees and he says that nationalism is technically racism, which might be taking it a little far, but I understand what, where he's coming It's, from. I, mean, I think Sim user actually is, is bringing up a very interesting topic in that anytime you bring an exclusionary character, whether for it's based on you know, your, your ethnicity, based on your beliefs, based on your background anytime you start kind of filtering out people you know you can say you're discriminatory if you prefer a certain style of music over another because you're only going to hang out with people that enjoy that type of music uh for the most part right you're not if you're into hip-hop in the heavy metal are you going to hang out with a guy who does country western uh, you know it's once you well once you, i wouldn't it's, i wouldn't hang out with that gal, guy anyway but Yeah. Exactly. You you illustrated my point. You start doing these degrees of separation, and eventually that separation can culminate into the, well, you're not the same as me. You don't like the same things as me. We're totally different. I don't want you. You don't want me. Let's just stay separate. You know, if you want to be a total cynic, you can say anytime we try to create kind of uh, any unique culture any unique sub subculture you're yeah. just basic yeah characteristic you're bringing out that kind of exclusionary just uh, uh, discriminatory element in human nature i mean yeah. it's just part of the human you know the human psychology i think it's interesting that we we got so far into the whole uh, almost philo uh, philosophical aspect of the Sorry. issue no it, it it is because it's something that was uh, um very much discussed in in france also i mean uh bernard kushner uh who is our uh Minister of Foreign Affairs said that, of course, we knew that he was going to say things like that, but you can't silence a nation. You can't force them not to not to say anything. You know, you have to invite them. And then when he does say something like that, if you don't agree, you you walk out. And you express your disagreement like that. But the other thing that uh, we, that that argument being on the political uh, uh, side, but the other thing that was not very much discussed but was still mentioned was the fact that um, his uh, the elections are coming up in uh, in Iran pretty soon. So. Again, it might be seen as a political move on Ahmadinejad's part to make sure to garner the support of the hardliners in Iran. Uh, Patrick, this is this whole thing is all about Western hypocrisy. Westerners demand that we have free speech, right of opinion, and everything. When someone talks, they demand that they ban that person. I don't see what's the problem. You don't agree with him. You just said walk out. But yeah, to demand that's, that and that's, be kicked, and that's exactly be, what what Kushner was uh, advocating. Yeah, he was yeah, saying you don't. To, but, but to demand that he be kicked out or not be allowed to speak, now that's just hypocrisy at its best. Well, so are you saying that again? We're going back into the philosophy uh, part yeah, of but, it. But, but I think oh, I'm sorry. I think you're you're mistaking their ability to express their opinions about. I don't think they they said they wouldn't attend or they would not sit in when he spoke. Did they say particular? I mean, it's. Did they say particularly they wanted him banned? There, I don't remember yeah, there, yeah. There was an outrage that demanded that Ahmadinejad should not be allowed to. No, talk. I mean by the countries, not by protesters. By countries, specifically the U.S. and Israel. Which is well, yeah. They they weren't there, so I can understand where you're coming from. But then we get into the issue of 
can we just say anything? Which I think we discussed on the show a while back, and I think it was it was about uh, Israel. Talking about also. a while back, I have to say this because after the last show, I have to give a comment about the last show. Oh, last show you were talking about the whole Sudan thing and the criminal international criminal court thing. Okay. And let me say this. The international criminal court thing is a bunch of bullshit, hypocrisy, <laughs> crap. Because... Did, did, you, did you eat your angry cereals this morning? Yes. What, what's up yes. with you? <laughs> no, let, let me, let me say it. Let me, t- let me oh, go tell ahead, you. Go this. ahead. You, you have dare, a, f- a free f- right to free speech here. I dare, I dare, and I do dare the international court to bring... President, formal President Bush, and and judge him just like they're doing to the president Sudan. I dare them to do the same thing to the president or the dictator of North Korea. I dare them to do that for Putin. I dare them to do that to China. But they only pick on the weak ones, and that's what they're good at. So unless they treat everybody equally, they have no right to go and call themselves just and that they are fighting for the just of these people. Uh, well, again, well, Turkey, Turkey, I think you're... Oh, Mohammed, go ahead. Uh, you haven't said I'm just, a lot. I'm just saying, like, um, you just have to realize what he did, though, of all the Darfur and what he, everything that happened over I, there. I know it might sound kind of bizarre. Uh, I actually agree with Turkey on that in that oh, I don't think... Oh, not you, Roger, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not so much in, 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 the, in the reasoning, but more on the fact that I think the international that that particular court system and this goes back to the whole being politicized there there it's one of those things that it's it's a it's it sounds like a good idea and it sounds like you know hey everyone's with it but as soon as that microscope or uh, is turned around on a on something you like or, or, or a country that you're a part of then suddenly well now it's unjust and it's it's one of those things i think that you know I mean, do you, do you, what do you do? Do you start having, you know, these these kind of uh, courts that can break sovereignty of, of of nations by saying, well, you know, anytime you're here, like um, that Spanish judge did with uh, Pinochet, you know, like you know, he's in here, well, he's in this country, we'll put him under house arrest or whatever. Um, I think it's I think it's a very noble thing. I don't think it's a very practical thing. Is my is is my my mm. personal opinion on that. I think it's it's one of those ideals that people should strive to, but on a pragmatic side, I don't think it'll ever work. Well, the thing is, can should you because you can't do everything, should you do nothing? Um, no, I think I don't I I don't I I understand that logic. I think that you should look at other avenues. To pursue it other than the one that doesn't work consistently like, what? like magic dust uh i don't know maybe i you know when when apartheid was big in south africa the the boycott on uh trading with with south africa seemed to work pretty well hmm. um so it's pa- it's pa- and, and not, it's not to say and it's not to say sanctions will always work um well they, but, the u.n does sanctions and get berated for it because they only do but sanctions. But that's and my point. Else. Do they always work? I mean, North yeah. Korea's had, had how many years of sanctions um, on it, and it's. And done I don't exactly. think. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I think the people uh, are suffering more than the government. Why, of the why doesn't the court go after him, North Korea? 
He's been a, because, he's, he's done, because uh, China me, he's, he's is done, North Korea's done, friends. And if you start right. pissing off China, exactly, then you have exactly. a real problem. Exactly. It's all about politics. Of course. But you, are you waking up to this? Like, it, it's, no, no. I'm just telling you, it's all about politics. And I, and if, if any country dares and arrest, look, I don't like Bashir. I'll be honest. I don't like his regime. I don't like the person, but I can see hypocrisy and being picky and picking the weak part. I can see that clearly, and I would not. I, I refuse to stand and look at it. Okay, I I, I want to move on to another topic and maybe give you another uh, opportunity to talk about hypocrisy because uh, we had Obama meeting uh, the leaders of South America and Chavez in particular, uh, which is pretty strange to think of since Chavez has been condemning the U.S. as the great Satan for a few years now. Not the U.S. For a few years. I think he started ever since he got in power. <laughs> yeah. Mohammed, <laughs> um, again, you were, you were a, a little bit quiet. Uh, is, what's your, maybe not your feeling, but the, the feeling of Qatar about this? Is it like a big farce that he went and talked to him? No. Uh, well, first of all, I'll just say one thing. Um, the Venezuelan leader, he didn't say that the U.S. was satanic. He said that it, Bush was satanic, that he can smell the devil. But um, what I... Well, he uh, didn't have I, a lot of love for the U.S. in general. Yeah, okay, I agree with you on that. Yeah. But um, what I really like to see is uh, Obama, when he went to shake his hand, that was, that was actually pretty good and very smart because what's the point of keeping all this hate when just like you know just go diplomatic over it don't be like little children and say oh, you made fun of him I'm not going to talk to you why are you doing that and uh, over at is Fox that News your, they, is, is that your view or, or maybe the view of your uh, fellow countrymen well fellow countrymen would be okay you, you two are heads of state you have to talk it over you You can't stay and hate each other because then it's going to lead to uh, countrymen hating each other and that's not going to go over well. But, um, let's just go on. Turkey? <laughs> hypocrisy there? Uh, uh, no, I don't see hypocrisy. I see smarts. Yes. Obama is in some way being a smart person and there was a big deal also, not about this, there's also been the big deal about him bowing to the king of Saudi Arabia before that in the G20 and all of that. And to be honest, I don't see what's the problem. I, I don't see, I'm seeing Obama being a diplomatic person, treating people on, on a level that he thinks they sh he should treat them to get on, on a, uh, a level of understanding. It doesn't take me have to agree with them. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that he agrees with them. It doesn't mean, it just means that he's a person who knows how to respect and how to, to have an open discussion with someone. I agree, because, what's his name, the way that Fox News handled it is so bad. He just shook his hand and they're like, outraged and saying Obama loves Chavez and they're gonna like go, I don't know, to the room together, I don't know. But they were just seriously overplaying it. They just needed to calm down and just report the news like they should have done. Um, so, the the I'm sorry, Turkey was talking about the fact that he bowed to the Saudi uh, king, uh, uh, while uh, a little while ago which was certain uh, of course uh, meant to express respect for the islamic world i guess at least that's the way i i understood the move 
um, Turkey seems to think that it worked and that it did show some respect. Uh, what about you, Mohammed, as another uh, representative of the Islamic world? Do you do you felt like okay, this is a guy that actually respects us, or did you just think okay, whatever he bowed? No, I actually thought like he, I, th I actually think he showed too much respect. I mean, it kind of. Um, It kind of demeaned himself and bound to someone else. It's just, I don't know, to me it seemed too much. But um, yeah, okay. it showed like he wanted, it showed he had some respect for the Islamic world. Okay. No, oh, interesting that you would say too much. You're actually making the case of, uh, of Fox News uh, that, that who was uh, saying that a little bit. He was going overboard well, and well, it was well, demeaning. Well, we, I also agree. I do think he went overboard, but I don't think he went overboard because he wanted to go overboard or anything. I think he went overboard because he just didn't understand exactly how to greet the king. Because mm. that whole battle Which can be seen as a mistake, too. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was a mistake from him because apparently nobody explained to him exactly how to greet the king because even in our culture that that bow was a little too much. Okay. So so I don't I I do believe it was a little too much but I think he meant it in a good way uh, out of respect and he never really had any of the stuff some people have been saying especially on Fox News about <laughs> the meaning of this whole thing. But uh, Fox News should have seen uh, what Bush did. Bush was practically like all over the Saudi king. He was holding his hand. He was like kissing him. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. But, yeah, they they kissed on the cheeks, and he was holding his hand, and that was that was funny too. Um, uh, Roger uh, about yes. Chavez and and uh, and. Uh, maybe the the Saudi king uh, also. I feel by you, the way you're saying. Yes, that you have a lot to say about this. Um, well, you know, on the probably on the bowing thing, maybe a little overly fawning. Um, on the Chavez thing, I think it's, uh, I think he's just testing the waters. He's kind of, uh, kind of setting up a framework um, to, to, to kind of, you know, be able to, uh, you know, work with or deal with um, uh, Chavez. Down the road, the thing is, Chavez is no longer in the position he was even like two years ago. Oil prices have dropped. That means the amount of money he can dole out to supporters and sycophants is a lot less. Um, there is a growing, you know, uh, vocal, you know, group within Venezuela itself that is uh, seeking to either remove him from his office or at least, you know, water down a lot of his um, uh, pet projects. I mean. You know whether or not it's it's trying of like whether it's his role in trying to rechange or uh, uh, re, uh, rework the constitution, allow him to to stand president for you know indefinitely, um, or you know placing you know uh, his uh, his favorite uh, mayors, you know state governors in positions where he can use them best. I don't know. It's it's basically is you you can't really ignore Chavez and you can't really kind of just can say like you know eventually he'll go because he won't. Uh, what you can do is you know engage with him to a point, and this is not to say that we're going to suddenly start sending over huge Red Cross shipments of uh, aid, um, but. It's. Um, I think it's just the beginning of just working things out. I think there's going to be a point where Chavez is just going to get upset at um, uh, Barack, just as he did with um, uh, mm. with Bush, and he'll call him names and he'll say a bunch of very unflattering things about him. 
um, because that's you know that's Hugo's nature. I mean, he's a very you know he's a very dramatic kind of leader. He likes making dramatic points. He likes doing things in front of the camera because that kind of I think I think he believes that kind of builds his his own image up as well. Yeah. But uh, again, on the on the um, I'm sorry to be so into the minutia, but the fact that he he's being so friendly with uh, and meeting Chavez from you know a few uh, a few months ago where he was saying such horrible things about the US you know is it not seen as a little bit weak on his part uh weak on on on, uh, on Obama's Barack's. on Obama's yeah um it can be i think he's think he's i think he's just very cautious so you know yeah i'll get some flack for it but i'll do it anyway um but I think in the long term, it's it's you know it's probably better to kind of be seen, and I think this is especially important for uh, uh, Obama's administration is to kind of have that clean break from the previous one. Sure. So, so you, I, you're. Oh, I, I don't. I, all I see is the way I see it. It doesn't show him as a weak person. Actually, it shows him as a brave person who actually dared and did something like that, knowing the backlash he would get. Because he's a person, apparently, at least until now, what we're seeing is he's a person who's trying to find peace and to to get things right in this world after a disastrous eight years. Wow, I've never heard you so enthusiastic about anything. But um, I, I, I happen to up till now. Up to, yeah. To no, I, I actually now. I actually completely agree with you, Turkey. But w I would wonder if the U.S. population understands it the same way. It depends. I mean, things like that, you know, can be quickly forgotten. What won't be forgotten are the policies that come out of it. Now, if there are policies that the American population find detrimental. For example, you know, we, we give we give aid or we give special uh, consideration at the same time while being, you know, what, being perceived uh, as undermining, you know, either U.S. sovereignty or, or U.S. Uh, hege hegemony, then people are going to complain and people are going to look at it very negatively. If, however, everything works out and, you know, okay, Hugo accepts, say Chavez accepts to step down and, you know, there's new elections and, and you know, there, there really is a kind of pan-Venezuelan, you know, uh, uh, of electorate voice out there. Um, yeah. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I think it's too early to say is basically what I'm saying. I think you have to see once those policies roll out and whatever happens, then people will point back, aha, he was a brave man or aha, he was just a sycophant. So you know history, I mean? it, history will judge him. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> based based on based on these next you know few months or the end of the year, whatever happens, people will either say he wasn't strong enough, or he was too weak, or you know he was just you know he he was he was uh, he was too easy or he's too harsh. You know, it's all these things that people you know will look back with hindsight because you know everything looks different in hindsight, right? Sure. Um, yeah. The chat so, seems to be agreeing with you, by the way. So it's yeah, it's you know if if the policies that come out from it are 
great and everyone enjoys it. Yeah, Barack was, you know, uh, had keen insight. He was extremely yeah. uh, perceptive about the entire situation. If everything that comes out is totally crap, because, oh, look at that. He was weak. He was indecisive. He wasn't sure what he was doing. So he just, you know, nodded his head at everyone kind of thing. So I guess it's, it's already something that uh, people are not angry that he's, you know, having dinner with the enemy. It's already something that that's that might be uh, unexpected. Um, um, it's and and I think it's kind of harsh to consider it uh, even even Chavez as quote unquote an enemy, but more of a. Uh, well, he's definitely a, not a friend. I would say. Well, but that's the thing is like they, just because you're not a friend doesn't automatically make you an enemy either. Okay. Um, it's you know either he could either be a, a competitor, uh, a, an impediment. Um, you know when when so you, you're was, saying that that the 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 U.S. or the people in the U.S. don't consider Chavez as an ant antagonistic figure. That's to be they consider no no they consider him antagonistic. But does that make you automatically? Uh, um, an enemy you know, okay okay i guess or, i guess or, no one or, would support rather, invasion you know, of invasion of venezuela uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like cuba you know people aren't you know even if you talk to conservative you know uh, americans yeah. is cuba number one enemy it's like not really it's kind of an antagonistic entity in the caribbean it's you know it's it's yeah. it's kind of a constant foil but to say that yeah you know it's our number one threat to 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 the existence of the country no yeah Of course, I see. Um, okay, uh, uh, by the way, if you're not hearing Mohammed anymore, it's because he dropped off the call and he's having, he's having issues apparently. So just wanted to uh, make sure people knew that. I didn't just mute him. It's not my fault. Um, and uh, before we move on to the local stories, there's one last thing that I wanted to mention, uh, which was... I wanted to know if you guys had heard about this, because we here in France almost haven't, and that's the European elections. Um, they, they are taking place in about a month and a half, and they are, of course, very important, but there is, there is a huge amount of disinterest going on here in France for the European elections, much to the chagrin of... Uh, a lot of the parties, of course. So they're trying. Is this to... the? Um, I'm sorry. Is this the EU uh, for the uh, members of uh, yes. the EU Parliament? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's my question. We we here in France hear about it a little bit, but it's not like a huge. Uh, it's very There's a huge disproportion from the amount of influence that this has over our lives to the amount of attention we're paying to it, meaning that we're not paying a lot of attention. Um, so, d uh, very quickly, quickly, have you guys even heard about this, or is it even less important to you? Um, I've... No, I have not heard about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry, I, I was going to hoping like, yeah, yeah, maybe I heard about it, but no, sorry. <laughs> okay, no, Who cares about the EU elections? <laughs> It's all about Pirate Bay right now. That's the important thing. Yeah, Forget that's true. The EU. We did hear about this uh, quite a bit. And actually, hey, you know what? That's a, that's a good uh, transition into local stories for me. Because, so let's just, uh, let's just slide very gracefully into the local stories. And I'm going to talk about uh, what happened in France over the past month. Because as you said, Turkey, no one really cares about the EU. Um, The, what, what, one of the things that happened, there were two things. The first one was the vote of the three strikes law uh, um, 
three strikes law concerning internet piracy and i'm sure you two uh, are familiar with with this law which me which uh, specifies that a, a governmental body that is not legislative in nature can uh, cut off anyone's internet access after three strikes of piracy that have been um, that have been uh, noticed by any uh, organization so uh, supposedly it's uh, a, a copyright holder that sends a letter to that organization and that says this IP address is pirating And so you, um, this organization sends you a letter, second time another letter, and third time they just cut you off from the Didn't internet. Did that for... end up failing? Well, in France, so exactly, the, the reason why it was a huge uh, uh, story was that it was voted in by uh, 16 senators, and 16 was the number of senators present at the moment of uh, the vote, which annoys me even more it pisses me off to no end that 16 people in a in a in a house of how many hundreds can vote in wait, a, a wait. law how many uh, how many people are in that senate in the senate i think it oh, i don't want to say anything stupid so i'm not going to say but it's it's several hundred okay wait a minute there were only 16 people in yes. the senate that's supposed to have several hundred well there was 16 present and yes. and those 16 present were able to pass something yes And not even that, but then it went to the Congress in uh, second reading and 40 people shut it down uh, because of a very clever move by the opposition. They, they were because, you know, when, when you're the way it happens here is that if you're certain that the law is going to pass, then you don't send too many people because who cares? So you just check an hour before that. Uh, there's enough people to vote it in, and then uh, it's okay. You People can stay where, wherever they are. And the opposition had uh, uh, maybe 10 or 15 people, uh, Congress people, waiting in the halls, and just before the vote happened, they, they got them in and voted against it. So it, it was voted down on, on the second reading, and it will be presented again in a few days. So it will come back, and it will probably be uh, um, put in place. But uh, it was 16 senators and 41, I think, uh, con Congress people. But okay, okay. Pa Patrick, Patrick, are you a socialist state or a capitalist state? Uh, we are, by and large, a capitalist state. Or, yeah, well, apparently. If, if that law passes then you're definitely a capitalist state <laughs> well we are a state that that en enforces the uh interest of the uh copyright industry so that's i'm not even sure that a anyway not to get too much into the debate uh, into the whole debate of the the copyright issue um another thing that happened is that the eu voted the 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 fact that you cannot uh um deprive anyone of their internet access without legisl uh, legislative action which goes against that three strike law that was that is going to be voted back in now but is it going to be able to be voted back in because of all this anyway it's a whole big mess and that's what happened in France for the most part um i'm sure you guys know about this I, I'm curious to know how you, uh, by you, I mean, of course, your countries look at it. Is it something that's crazy because you don't just cut off people's internet access or is it justified because of the piracy issue? Um, 
In the U.S., it depends on what area you're at and what your contract stipulates when you sign up for your internet uh, with your ISP. Uh, like, for example, Comcast has a clear stipulation about um, engaging in any kind of uh, act where you're like, you know, any kind of uh, copyright infringement. Uh, they reserve the right to cancel your access without prior notification. Um, But if if they cancel your access, do you can you get another uh, uh, ISP to to give you internet access? Because on, on uh, in this one, if, can, they, you if you get if you get the third strike, you get on a blacklist that prevents you from getting on the internet anywhere. Um, no, I think you still can. It's just you'd either have to get under someone's name or someone else's name, or you go with like uh, DSL. If if it becomes a criminal matter. And it, you get taken to court for engaging in, in piracy, and the judge or somehow the verdict uh, comes down that you are no longer uh, allowed access to the internet. Then there's a legal, you know, uh, restraint, uh, restraint to you. But but then you the have a trial, if, and you have a judge decide yeah. on what happens. Right. But if and an ISP course, just the kicks judge you has off, to be a member of the copyright organization. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's you, you know, it's 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 one of those things where I think. Um, you know, to, to, you know, if you get kicked off, I get kicked off my internet. I just go to like, you know, DSL, you know, heaven forbid. Um, or I would, you know, get it under, you know, my roommate's name or something like that. But is it, is it But, acceptable for you to, to cut someone off of the internet after three strikes? Uh, I don't think we have that. Our three strikes are if you commit three felonies or whatever, you get, right. you go straight to jail you get a certain amount of jail time um well, because know, what, right? i don't know it's, i mean if it's if it's if the, it depends if the internet is kind of provided by the i mean is the internet provided by a state or a private company oh it's uh, you, you yeah mm -hmm. actually actually uh, as far if, if my understanding is correct right now in the u.s there are no laws about the about the three yeah. strikes for internet however some companies have made deals with copyright owners Like the MPAA, RIAA, and things like that. So it really comes down to the company you're dealing with. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's written into the contract. If you read the end of the or read the end of my contract, it says, you know, if you engage in any kind of copyright, uh, um, uh, kind of uh, issues, then they reserve the right to, huh? Infringement. Infringements, um, they will. Thank you. I told you, still too early. Uh, <laughs> infringements, um, they reserve the right to kick you off without any notice. Right. They just send you a letter saying, "We notice these. You're discontinuing our contract." Hmm. Well, I guess my my issue is that when I hear people who are behind the law talk about it, what they, they don't really understand that they seem to have a very uh, a sort of disdain for the internet. It's like, yeah, but you know, it, it, we lived before the internet. People can live without the internet today it's not the end of the world and they're obviously not users of, of the internet because if they only understood what you do with the internet as we are very aware of i mean you you can i don't know do your taxes pay your your do your banking uh, uh but you can say the same thing about phone service too i mean exactly is, which which you so, shouldn't be deprived of because you don't because you don't use it in in a proper way i mean send the person to if jail you, if, if you've you been to. making if you've been running one of those fly-by-night pyramid schemes using you know you know your call i don't know if you have this uh problem in uh france but you have telemarketers you have people calling up at 
God knows what hour to okay. sell you crap that you don't need or they're misleading about uh, things, you know, the government will come o- around because you're abusing it and they will cut your service off. And if you're not thrown in the jail, they'll give you a huge fine. And you don't, uh, you know what? The jurisdiction, if, if, if the government says, we are putting you on trial for doing something so horribly illegal that we need to uh, cut you off of the internet for a few months to a year then I can understand that. But if you get that from a, a, a weird body that you can't even, uh, um, cont- uh, you know, that you can't even um, contest? Contest. Contest, yes, sorry. Uh, contest uh, by some anonymous uh, uh, anonymous tip that you're, you've been using something over somewhere and maybe it's your daughter who's on the internet doing something or your your son or whatever or someone stealing your your wi-fi because by the way you're required by that law to protect your internet uh connection and to install software on your computer to make sure that you're safe and that no one is stealing your connection and is this is this a french law is this a pan-european it's a french law which is probably going to get shut down now by the eu directive but Anyway, okay, that's that's too much time spent on this, and we, yep. of course, we're on the internet, and we we love the internet, so we're going to disagree with that. So, I have I have a solution for all of this these laws. Okay, it's so I'm simple. scared now, but go ahead. Just copy holders, make it easy access to your products, lower the price, and make them good quality, and people will stop stealing them. You know what? Yeah, I, was, I think that's I think that's a little optimistic on that in, in that to assume that people will. It it um, will look. There's no way to stop no, piracy. No, 100%. I agree, but but this but, would decrease piracy dramatically. Trust me on this. I, one. Know, I know I know a lot of people who are willing to pay. For example, in Saudi Arabia, for and we have one of the highest piracy rates in the world, and biggest complaint. Things are very expensive, software and entertainment. Well, I mean, like, but well, what is what is expensive? I mean, some of that is either it's either pricing, but it also could be to local tariffs, taxes. Um, we don't have taxes that, in this country. <laughs> uh, that's all well, issues. Right. But you know, <laughs> I've been I, I talked to Jonathan Colton um, recently, and I heard the um, the interview of uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, and I think I've come to a conclusion that m- I, many people have known a, the, the fact for a while, and when you phrase it like this, it, it changes the perspective. And my conclusion is this: music is free today. It's not a matter of trying to charge people. Yep. It doesn't even uh, come into account anymore. The, the only way you're going to get money for, for your music is if people want to give you money. That's the only way, because piracy, yep. no matter what you do, is going to yep. exist, and the, the music is going to be free. So I, it's... Uh, uh, Roger... Oh, no, I totally agree with you, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, well, Sorry. thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's it's true, and the only way, and you need to find other. It's not even a, a, a discussion anymore. It might have been yeah. five years ago, but today it's it's a fact. And the only way you're going to be successful in that market is if you figure out a way to uh, make money out of your product another way with another business model because trying to make money off of selling an immaterial good that can be copied infinitely is not going to work 
So, and yeah, by the way, uh, Reznor was saying that when he was selling CDs, he was getting 80 cents out of $19 that the, the, yeah. the thing was going for. And he had to pay back the company for the money that they lent him for making the CD. And he was paying them back for making the CD, but they still owned the rights to the CD that yeah. he made. And that he paid yeah. back. It's, I think ultimately it's going to be either merchandising, live performances, yes. and you know, straight up donations. Exactly. It's, exactly. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, maybe there's a point where art, you know, people have lowered expectations of what their particular art or craft can generate. I mean, I think people are so mesmerized by these multi-million dollar you know deals that you know high profile not all and this, this these are just a select few but because they're so high profile people associate it with the entire music industry where you have britney spears you know they're making money hand over fist but that's not you know that's not not the the, the reality for a lot of uh, musicians and i think you know people going into it aren't you know, going into it with these kind of rose-colored glasses of, you know, them living in a huge Beverly Hills mansion or, or driving, you know, uh, amazingly expensive cars. You know, they just say, hey, you know, I can make a living off it. I, you know, do a couple of gigs. You know, yeah. don't don't have unrealistic expectations. Exactly. And uh, I mean, again, SimUser is saying musicians don't really make uh, that much money from record sales and never have. And that's very true. The money comes from the live performances mostly. And that's yeah. what, you know, uh, Madonna, who is not a little band that, you know, no one has heard about, uh, has signed a contract with a, a uh, producer, a company that will um, make the money from the concerts. And if I'm not mistaken, she's not going to be making money from the records anymore. Or something like that. I mean, the emphasis is on the concerts and not on the music itself, on the digit, on the good being sold. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, I wanted to talk about another thing, but I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna set, uh, give the talking stick to someone else. Just to mention uh, a little something that I said last month, which was this thing about CEOs being taken hostage in France, and that we were sort of. Uh, turning a blind eye to that we're not turning a blind eye anymore it's it's getting pretty big and it's get becoming a huge issue uh and there might be legal action involved because it it happened way too many times and it's getting uh, out of hand so hey what what do you expect from a country that uh, chopped the heads of what 40,000 people <laughs> during a revolution Okay, what should we expect from your country, mister? What, what wonders are coming off of Saudi Arabia now? Let, let us know. What's your local stories? Uh, well, this is a funny one. So, apparently we have these stupid uh, car uh, plates, uh, licenses. And the way they're doing it is it contains three uh, letters and then four, uh, four numbers. So the problem in our culture, in the Arabic culture in general, uh, when people read something, they read it as one word. We don't read it like A, B, C. If it's if it's an A, B, C, we eps. So we do that in Arabic. So it's kind of many Arabs also use it in English. So these licenses used to be in Arabic only. They just started new licenses where there's an Arabic version and an English version under it. So apparently some of these words have passed through the censorship and came out where we have the words sex, S-E-X, license plate, 
something sex license plate this specific four numbers and usa uh, four numbers and but are, any, are those, any are three those words. chosen by the uh, by the owner or are they no, 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 randomly no, no, assigned no, no. No, you don't have an option they're okay. assigned to you they're random assigned to you and apparently a lot of people have started complaining i'm not getting i'm i refuse to put sex on my car <laughs> <laughs> so a list came out from the traffic or uh, police where they have banned and pulled away 40,000 licenses which contain these words different words i i would be curious to know which words because okay sex i can see but usa was pulled yeah USA. A lot of people complained they didn't want to put USA on their cars. Uh, I don't remember the other things. Just think of three letter words and uh, like I think FUK. The people complained of FUK. They complained about. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing there aren't four letters, as Roger was saying. <laughs> no, no. There's no four letters. There are three letters, and they've got this big list, and they're going around now and pulling all of those signs out. You I'm know, it's funny. For it. If I find it before we end this show, I'm going to tell you all of them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh, plates because, uh, I mean, uh, uh, plates, license plates, uh, because in France there was another issue that was um, we harmonized, the, we changed uh, the system and there was supposed to not be a number because we have different uh, counties, I guess. I don't know how you call, would call them in, in, uh, in English, departments. In France, département, uh, parts of the country that have uh, assigned numbers. So um, we have about a hundred of them, and on the license plate, it would be uh, printed next to the license plate number. It would be part of the license plate number. And with the new system, you don't have that. So a lot of people were very unhappy because they couldn't wear the the, the badge of honor of their uh, uh, the, the particular places. region. Yeah, exactly. The region they were from in the country. And the, it went pretty far. I mean, there were... Okay, I'm sorry, but there were demonstrations <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, Surprise. And, yeah, I know. But in the end, they uh, they got to... Um, French Revolution. They, Keep in mind. There you French go. Revolution. Every time he said strike, <laughs> riots, French Revolution. But anyway, in the end, they got, uh, they got the... Uh, the, the right to put uh, 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 the name of their uh, department next to the license plates. So always good. Uh, that ended good. Okay, um, I found five of these licenses. Do, that they do we want away. them? Do, do, it's do a total of 90,000 licenses that they pulled geez. out. Okay. So one is USA. Okay. The second one is BAD. Okay, that's The third one is BAD. Bad, B A R bar, A S S, yes, and S E X. Bar was was uh, banned also because yeah. of the of alcohol. Yeah. Wow. Huh? Well, what if well, what do you call like you know when you have a metal piece of metal but holding up you know a bar <laughs> metal bar? Or, you know, Keep in <laughs> mind these 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 most of these came out of complaints from people. Oh. So it really depends on who read it and who used it. So if they got enough complaints about some of these, they decided to pull them out out immediately. So. Okay. Okay, bar is is surprising. USA and bar uh, are are surprising to me, but 
That's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep in mind in the, that these are not optional. If you get the red license, you're required to put it in your car, of whether you like it or not. So people um, were complaining, some of them, then refused to put it on their car. So they just pulled it all out. Loconox in the chat room said a couple of ones that were funny too. SOS would have been fun. And uh, LOL would be a good one to have on your car. Actually, the popular one and people actually like is KSA. KSA? K Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. Uh. What about pub? <laughs> Bar is not allowed, but what about pub? Okay, I have no idea. <laughs> These are the five five pound right now. So. For, for <laughs> the, the Saudis of, uh, of Irish descent. Uh, okay. <laughs> what about LIT? <laughs> LIT? Lit. What? What's oh, lit? Sorry, it's, it's an American dub. Oh, okay. Is it, is it bad? <laughs> no, it just means you're stoned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, local story from you, Roger. What happened? Uh, local as in national or local as in my city um, area? Which, whichever you like best. I mean, you know, Craigslist won't close the erotic section on the Craigslist side. There was a, there, there were plans or talk about closing the erotic services section. For any are are you kidding me? What, where would I turn to when I visit there? Uh, no, no, this is Craigslist. You know, Craigslist is a popular. Uh, um, I know free Craigslist. I do right. know Craigslist. It's, it's just not popular here. It's popular in the U.S., especially in San Francisco, D.C., Because New York, the big, the big, big metropolitan areas. Yeah. So, we, how how well, am we, I supposed to hook up if there's no erotic section? Are you supposed to hook up? Oh, I don't know. There's. You know. <laughs> But the, the I've heard about this actually. Um, there, there's. Uh, it was a problem because there was uh, a lot of activity there, but then. A lot of solicitation online right. and um so you know there were there are a couple of state attorneys uh who filed to to kind of have it eliminated because people were posting their photos you know for the services um and you know there was talk about it going you know getting just clipped because it was too much of a hassle but i think in the end it's just going to stay which is kind of cool i guess I don't know, I'm not really big into the I'm not really big into the erotic services or the the section on Craigslist. Um, in fact, there's a f bunch of areas you probably shouldn't go into on Craigslist um, anymore. Uh, but yeah, is it is it uh, does it have a sort of CD uh, um, reputation now? Sections of it can, and that's especially within the forum section and and that adult, you know, the the men, you know, men seeking uh, women, women seeking men, men seeking okay. men, women seeking women, um, because a lot of it can get a lot of those entries are spammed. It initially it wasn't like that, but as Craigslist became more popular and more more well known. You know, as as things are often, uh, you know, things like that happen, a lot of people try to take advantage of it by, you know, selling services and or, you know, of other course, things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just as with anything, you know, well, when something's new and shiny, it's it's pretty tame and it's really cool. But as more and more people go into it, um, you know, you just, you know, just by the law of averages, you're going to come up with some percentage of 
crud yeah. in it. Well, the other issue was that, of course, personals have been used for that forever. And, and you know, in newspapers, it might be easier to control. But still, personals have had a, a you know, men looking for women uh, air to them for, for a long time. And the problem is, on Craigslist, if they close down this section, those ads will bleed into every other single section of the, of the, of the site. So it's not like you can completely close it down. It's just you can contain the, the issue in one specific area. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Sim user actually in the chat room brought a very good point about the whole Craigslist killer. The guy who's been picking his, uh, uh, I think he was picking his targets through uh, via Craigslist. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, not so, that it's that not that, no, yeah, the that one I, at the East Coast. Yeah, so it's not that it would seem out of you know unusual, I guess, in terms of people getting offed, but uh, the fact that it's now showing up. Uh, in relation to Craigslist, it just kind of points to its increasing usage by a wider, you know, uh, group of people than the original kind of like online hipsters or, you know, uh, people who are like really kind of hip to technology. Now it's mm. become so mainstream that people, you know, of all stripes, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, have found a way to take advantage of it. So it's it's become so popular that even serial killers, killers. aren't yes. <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> Wow, that's that's comforting. So, uh, but what was he doing exactly? He was like looking into the different sections and looking for people to, uh, you know, uh, meet and kill. See. Or was uh, he making like was he doing an ad saying, "Hey, I'm I'm uh, handsome and and cool, and I would like to meet you for some special activity." I think he just was targeting people um, via Craigslist, you know, other than going to a bar and slipping a roofie. Or something like that, or just like you know, breathing heavily over the phone. I mean, remember when uh, people used to get crank calls, and you'd have this—I don't know about you and uh, about uh, in France or, or Saudi Arabia, but in the '70s and early '80s, you know, there was a lot of crank calls. People would call and harass women, you know, breathing heavily or making very lewd comments over the phone and stuff you, like that. You seem to have a very intimate knowledge of this, Roger. Is there if you watch you enough say? 80s movies, enough <laughs> okay. 80s comedies, it all kind of filters through. Yes, I agree. Um, I do. I know but that. But any new technology, you know, people often say that pornography is the first of any industry to really kind of take advantage of of new technologies, be it, you know, the oh, internet, yeah, absolutely, yeah. online payment systems, Blu-ray. Oh, uh, even VHS. VHS. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, porno is on the, on, the, <laughs> on, the, on the leading, leading edge, edge of a lot yeah. of Apologies. Yeah. Um, we also had the big thing in the U.S. about uh, Obama releasing the memos about uh, the torturing of um, Guantanamo uh, into detainees. Um, there's yeah, kind yeah, of a, what was that about? I don't, I, we didn't hear too much about it uh, here. Essentially, all the memos that got passed around during the administration when... Um, okay, let me take you back. So... When the whole kind of uh, Abu Ghraib, uh, the prison in Abu Ghraib, or Abu sorry, Ghraib. I don't remember, Abu Ghraib, Abu Ghraib uh, prison, a lot of the uh, soldiers that were court-martialed said that they had direct orders from on high, um, and the administration at the time said, no, 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 they were just bad apples, and things got out of hand. Well, now these memos are coming to light where there was, uh, in fact, a lot of uh, questions and, and notes being passed around between different arms, between the Justice Department, the Defense Department, about what was considered legal. I guess, like, parts of um, 
the CIA were asking you, like, well, does this constitute torture, yes or no? And, you know, the, uh, so they the lawyers. The, so basically whether or not what they could do was what what they could and could not do in terms of interrogation. Um, and I guess the, the legal advisors for the administration said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, they sent them back. Um, uh, chief among these were uh, the ones from uh, Cheney, which are, which are the really damning stuff. Um, so essentially what it, what it, what it brings to light is a clear connection between the actions of the, the foot soldiers and the intentions of the administration. I so. guess the 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 left or the administration here. I I would have two questions uh, two questions about this. First, why did he do it? Why did he release them? It seems a little bit, uh, you know, nah, nah, We told you like it's. A, I, I wonder why he would release them now because it's very damaging to the previous administration and sort of unnecessary maybe or it's or, well it's know. you you bring up a very good point and you know a lot of you know uh, pundits have said that you know on one hand maybe obama was pandering to his his his, his far left uh supporters um or maybe he just wanted to kind of air all the laundry before he got you know a real start on the rest of mm -hmm. his administration to kind of again have that clear break yeah. Um, now the flip side, though, is that if 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 things get to to where people are prosecuted, people or at least pundits have said that it's going to get to a point where you now instead of just having what's in the interest of the nation, you're going to have what's interest interest of the party. You're going to have this consistent, constant, ongoing cross-party uh, incrimination where people like in the the Republicans are trying to find dirt on the Democrats and prosecute them. Uh, for example, you know, Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat, uh, uh, a high-level Democrat, um, was on the, the board or um, uh, was it a oh, crud? Was it the... Let me find this real quick. Um, she was on the, I think, House Arm Pelosi interrogation, interrogation. Well, I guess while you look for it, I can I can um, be more specific on, on what I think about it. As a citizen of the world, I'm very glad to know that there was the truth. You know, there's always this, yeah. um, you need to know the truth, and you, you have uh, satisfaction on, on top of it that it seemed that my, my camp, my side was right yeah. in in suspecting that uh the administration was responsible for a lot of it and did know in fact what was happening on the other hand as a, a, an uh an objective analyst of the situation as you were saying i i have to think or at least submit the idea that that might not be the best move for the country at the moment so that, um, that, you know, a lot of people my... have been suggesting that, like, for, uh, Nancy Pelosi was, you know, is a House Speaker, and she knew, as some people say, as early as 2002 of what was going on, but said nothing. Mm. And through 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 her inaction and and not saying anything, she, you know, provided tacit approval for the process, which is damning because Pelosi is a high level Democrat, and you know, it's one of those things that if you break the floodgates open wide enough, you're going to get all sorts of people from both parties, kind of sucked in. Um, 
so it's it'll, it'll be be interesting how this is carried out um, in the next few months uh, because it could get really ugly in terms of just you know people throwing lawsuits one way or another. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people in, in Europe were were kind of laughing at the whole kind of Monica Lewinsky, you know, Bill Clinton thing. You know, how, sure. what an absurd thing to waste money on, um, which is something I believe in. Is a what a waste. Um, that you know, that's just that's just you know, brought, you know that that's light stuff compared mm-hmm. to my what might be coming down the pipe. You know, if, if things like that continue, and then you know that leads into the whole issue. Now the government's fighting with you know with different arms or, or different parties within each other instead of doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is looking after the nation and you know steering it through you know this this current economic crisis, you know uh, foreign policy things that really matter. Of course, which is the in that sense it might not be the best you know the best time or but when is it the best time to release something? Yeah, like that? and you know maybe, that's, that's maybe the counter argument. Yeah, and and maybe the people who are actually going to be on trial for this might think it's a pretty good idea to have all the evidence. And, of course, I don't think they are completely, uh, you know, innocent of everything because of, they did take part in those uh, in those events. But it's quite a different thing when your, your commanding officer tells you, well, you should do this and that, and, you know, nudge, nudge, uh, wink, wink. Yeah, do it like this because that's what we really need and want. And, yeah, yeah okay. So, um, yeah, should I, I'm sorry. There, there's a lot to say about this again, yeah. but maybe we should move on. Unless you have something else you want to add, Roger? Uh, anything else? Um, I guess that's, any, that's yeah. yeah. You know, you know, same Prop Eight stuff that we've been having for the past four months. Oh, in California. Things? Oh, Proposition Eight—that was the one that was banning gay marriage, and then they sure, took it to yeah. court. So. But I mean, did it did it change? Did anything change? No, the 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 courts, you know, said that the ballot measure could stay. So I don't know. They might someone might try to introduce a new proposition. Mm. Um, and then you know, I guess is it which which state recently was it? Connecticut recently legalized. I don't know. I'm so bad on that topic. Was it? Uh, was it was Iowa? It, yeah, Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah, Midwest, which is kind of odd because it is, is in the Midwest. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 Still it's going. it's one of the, and, and, you know it's it's interesting because you know as things like this um, continue forward, um, you know, I it's my question is like is is there any point to having kind of a government uh, acknowledged marriage to begin with? That, that's that's a know, point that a lot of people have been making for a while, actually. It's like you know why 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 does government need to kind of uh, uh, sanctify a marriage to begin with? It's like having you and it's like the government sanctifying who, who two people are friends. Okay, you guys are now officially <laughs> friends. Um, hey, I, you know, I think I think I'd, I'd like to have my friendship with uh, some people. With the government approval, yeah. the giant rubber stamp on your forehead, friends. Yeah, exactly. And we get a ceremony and everything. You are now friends. But then, what happens when you when you want to not be friends anymore? See, like if, exactly. if someone then takes it's all sorts my acrimony and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it 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 is it does get a little bit complicated. Um, okay, you know what? Before before we move uh, to the conclusion of the show, I actually want to ask uh, Turkey what he thought about this uh, memo being released and uh, Abu Ghraib uh, issues coming back to light. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go back a little bit into the show. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's, uh, it's 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 not it's, uh, it's I don't know. It's just it's just something people already know. 
it's just now so the the god of uh, US government officially confesses to it okay so that's basically the whole story around here it's, so it's it's not well, even a big deal Kwa. we already know all of that now if they put if if the government decides to take the people behind it to court then that's an interesting news story okay yeah that's is there any chance of that ever happening roger like actually actual, uh, actual it, it could very well i mean if if not in an actual court but maybe a congressional session a kind of uh, um kind of uh what do they call it truth and uh a, a truth commission where they just go through and find out all the details and like they did with 9-11 where they basically break out everything and and kind of bring to light all the participants and so all is there, the activities. I think, I think the attorney general is uh, considering pursuing some of these people. Um, oh yeah, and you know the the question is how do you? I mean, who are you going after? Are you going after people who wrote memos that said, yeah, you know, I think it's legal, hmm. and then prosecute well, them for saying? Well, the, someone you, someone has must have allowed and authorized it. Uh, probably, and let's, more than likely, yeah, it's it's. But you know, then let's, it goes you know back. what? Let's let's speak science fiction for just a second. This show is running long, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> okay. Um, let's say um, in one memo we have uh, something signed by I don't know. Let's say Dick Cheney, who says, "Yes, you are authorized to do this and that at the Abu Ghraib uh, facility." Is it conceivable that he would be bring brought uh, to justice? Uh, I would say potentially, I would say it's probably, uh, I would say the percentage of it actually happening is very small, um, because again, it's one of those things that if you do that, it's kind of, it kind of brings off the glove and then you will have this inner party conflict that will rage for who knows how long. And, you know, Obama's need to, to kind of have a, a functional Congress and, and 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 a working Congress will probably, you know, come down, at least, you know, come to a screeching halt for, for you know, several mm -hmm. months while people are bickering, throwing out things, slander left and right. It's one of those things. So, so why is, the is, hell did is, he is, release is, them? Um, it's... That's one. That's that's a lot. You know, people are wondering. I mean, is it is <laughs> okay. it is it is it to placate? You know, the more the more extreme parts of his party, or is he just trying to do kind of do a symbolic thing and then just leave it at that? Remember, originally okay. he said about the CIA, he said that I forbid the torture. I'll let out the the information, but no one's going to be prosecuted. You know, it's kind of like, I'll placate all sides. You know, we'll get this out, we'll, we'll, we'll air the dirty laundry, but, you know, we won't really do anything um, uh, uh, legal, uh, legally uh, in terms of prosecution. Because, you know, if you start doing that, then you're going to snowball into a lot of uh, acrimony and resentment, you know, yeah. in it. Okay. You know, and then people are and then you follow up question is then if people engage in the future, they're going to be like less likely to say anything. Right. If there's if they know that, you know, you have a if you're going to get if you're going to get incriminated, if you're going to get prosecuted, are you going to say anything? Well, it's not a matter of saying anything here. It's a matter of uh, of putting forth public records because the memos are, you know, archives in the li yep. Library of Congress, if I'm not mistaken. Uh and uh, all the communication, no, I, maybe not the Library of Congress, but I mean all the communications of the White House are supposed to be to become uh, archived after 
the administration goes away and they are uh you know it's not like someone is is giving is being a, a whistleblower here um no but i think you would get a lot less uh testimony to that fact. i mean you could have memos and stuff um mm. but i mean you could have a whole lot less cooperation in the future and in some cases probably even impediments to any kind of you know uh, resolution i don't know sure. it's when you deal with politics this way it's always going to be a powder keg yeah okay i can i can hear that turkey is bored out of his mind here because we're talking about things he knew already he's that he's saying what else is new of course oh, well actually i'm busy right now trying to catch this huge mosquito that's flying all over <laughs> Yes, that's how 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 uh, un, uh, uninterested you are in in the um, American government's uh, uh, ah culpability. No, well, uh, it's more about culpable. interest about about my body being <laughs> drained of blood than him. I <laughs> think one of those bug. You need a bug zapper. <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh, doesn't work. That the, work. There's there's a huge increase in mosquitoes this year. I have no idea where they're coming from. <laughs> I think it's uh, global warming. Let's say that's the case. So, but it's in Saudi Arabia. I mean, uh. <laughs> it's even hotter. Okay, let's 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 move on to the conclusion. And um, I actually had uh, got an email from uh, Brian from last show last yeah last show. Um, the Republican for Dummies show that we did a couple of weeks ago, Brian sent me an email saying that uh, his dad got attacked at his house and the guy came at him, the guy came at his, at his dad, and he's, his dad is, is elderly from what I understand. And um, so he was actually attacked, physically attacked, and he had a gun. Uh, I mean, the dad had a gun, so he shot at the guy and was able to de to defend himself. Uh, the guy ran away, but he wasn't uh, killed uh, during the attack, so he ran away. But it, something might have uh, happened to the dad. So I just thought I'd mention it because we are very prompt to say that, you know, the right to bear arms is probably not uh, something that the U.S. Should, should still pursue from the view of our comfortable uh, European houses. Uh, and well, just make of it what you will, you know. Just when yeah, you were talking I'll, about I'll, it, I'll, I'll see your opinion about guns when someone breaks into your house with a shotgun in their hands. You yes, know, it's I, it's I it's it's funny. Well, I I know we're at the end, and I don't want to actually drag out the show anymore. But <laughs> uh, I used to be really kind of for gun control, but as I've gotten older, I really don't see it being all that useful uh, in terms of actually affecting crime uh, or or gun violence. It's, 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 I, yeah, I've been reading over it and it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna, it, you know, you either, well, the only way to really stop is just to stop manufacturing arms, period. It, and bullets yeah, that and all was, that stuff. It, it was a little bit uh, of the conclusion we came to last, uh, in the last show, but you know, I'm on that and on a, a lot of other issues, I, I find, I found myself getting maybe not siding with the, the, the people we were talking to, but maybe going to the middle a little bit. And then, of course, I... I, I uh, I'm sorry, before I, I say what I was going to say, uh, Roger, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I thought you were just waiting for you to finish. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to say that the I was sort of agreeing with them a little bit and even seeing Fox News in a different light. 
to an extent. And then I went to look up the, the swine flu uh, on Fox News because I went to CNN and they had a big, uh, t on the website, and they had a big article about it. And then I went to the Times and, you know, they were, the New York Times, I mean, and they didn't have it specifically featured, but they, it, they didn't have anything special. And then I figured, you know what, maybe I should go to Fox News and see what's happening there because th I should be more open to hear about other people's opinions, right? And see how they are covering something like the swine flu. So okay. I went to the Fox News website and not only was there almost nothing about the swine flu, but what was featured was images of nuclear weapons with a title saying in huge letters, nuclear reload and South Korea is, uh, you know, South Korea getting ready to reopen nuclear, blah, 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 and like a whole lot of FUD. So I'm sure that Brian and, and Richard are going to explain to me why this is relevant. And, and I'm sure it is, but well, it's they, just they, that I, I got mean, a... Fox actually does have uh, swine flu on the front page now. Oh, so it, they... Too late to contain like... flu? Question mark. World Health Organization <laughs> chief at emergency meeting to address swine flu's pandemic potential. Here's See, a recommendation for you, Patrick. It's funny the, the way start they... watching the Daily Show every day. Oh, I it's do. It's free. It's free online. You get the full episode. I do. I do. I watch it every day. And and we did talk about this also, by the way. Um, and, and saying that. Oh, okay. Anyway, let's not redo last show. Uh, if you want to hear about what what we uh, had to say, if you want to hear what we had to say about all this, you can go and listen to the special number two from the Phyllis Club, which was uh, Republicans for Dummies, which was a lot of fun and uh, that I where I found I had a lot more in common with my Republicans, uh, Republican friends than I thought I did, as does uh, Roger with gun control when he's getting wiser. So maybe they just figured it out before we did. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I I could go into it, but we should probably end it here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I I was going to have something uh, for the and now for something completely different part, but I think we've gone on too long. Unless you guys have some something that's really good that can take. You us want something out. completely different? Go ahead. Go ahead, Turkey. Okay. What the hell? So this has been a big disaster in Saudi Arabia. Apparently, some guy got rumors out that the old sewing machines, the singer sewing machines, have their needles have this special chemical. I don't know what's the translation in English. But apparently this type of uh, metal is cost millions of dollars and it's used to produce weapons of mass destruction. So everybody <laughs> has gone out and they've been trying to buy and sell all of these old antique sewing machines at unbelievable prices. Like they they up to 2 20 30,000 euros <laughs> a machine. Machines that are only are only worth less than fifty euros. And did someone turn around and say, "Hey, you know what? There's nothing like that in those machines." How did it stop? It it was on the people been going crazy. It was up for I think for a whole week, and until people finally realized this whole thing is a hoax and they are just being an idiots. So let tell me, Turkey, how many did you buy? 
Who, me? I would sell them, not buy. If they're studious, are going to buy them. I'll sell it so to did, them. I'm not stupid enough to buy. Did you go up in your attic and see if you had one lying around that you could sell for 20,000 euros? Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't have one. All right. Excellent. Hey, sell, sell a machine that's worth $300, for example, for $50,000. I have no problem with that. They're stupid enough. <laughs> Good one. Okay, thank you, Turkey. That's that's the kind of thing I like for the last uh, story of the show. Uh, so I want to thank uh, you guys for coming on. I want to thank uh, Mohammed, of course. Uh, unfortunately, he was dropped from the call during the show. Uh, he had a little bit of background noise, so maybe the, the first part was a little bit more noisy than the second part, but it was nice of him to come uh, on the show again. We always appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank Turkey for coming on the show and not forgetting it uh again right <laughs> turkey next Sorry. next time I'm yeah really sorry, tw twice in a row i mean now you you owe me uh, you know uh, you know you know you know if you, if you only messaged that you announced the show on twitter just five minutes earlier I, I announced minutes. it half an hour before it started. I, said, I sent if you, you, you if you if you did it half five minutes earlier. I sent you an email like two days ago. What okay, do I have to here, do? Here, here, here's the deal. I remembered it all day today, and I left work <laughs> at five. I came home. I ate. As soon as I ate, my brain went dead, and I completely <laughs> forgot. So next then, time you'll and, know not to eat before before yeah, and then the I show. Had this project i'm working on where i could be a millionaire in a year or two from it so i went Ooh. out to work on it and for some reason i decided you know what let me check twitter <laughs> that's when i saw your tweet. you know what you know what turkey cut me in for 10 percent of that uh, millionaire project and i'll i'll forgive you that that's right. the deal we'll do that's the deal <laughs> and Roger, of course, who was on time, even though it's very early for him. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Roger. Oh, uh, no, it was fun. Thank you very much for having me on. Always a pleasure to, to speak to you. Uh, where can uh, people hear more about you, uh, maybe on the net or on Twitter even? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jolly Roger. Uh, I do a podcast with Tom Merritt over at subbrilliant.com slash EMW. And I work over at revision Three revision3.com on Texella and system that's very thorough thank you very much oh plug, by the way plug, I, plug. <laughs> oh no you, please do if you have any anything more uh, i'd love to hear about it anything more to plug is that it uh yeah that's it <laughs> okay um I, i've always wondered though uh about your uh twitter uh name are you actually really jolly or no Oh, I just like the so pirate right. flag, and it, half of it's my name, so. <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, well, thanks again, uh, everyone, for coming on the show. Thank you to the chat room, uh, people listening. If you want to um, to send us an email, you can do so at uh, philias at frenchspin.com. You can find out uh, more about the show, the schedule, and everything there is to know at uh, frenchspin.com. And uh, that's going to be it for another show. I thank uh, all of you again for coming on, and we will talk to you very soon, hopefully next month and maybe even a little bit before that. Uh, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.